0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining our Resurrection City Church podcast. My name is Miles Trump, and I'm a member of our leadership team here at the church. And I've been at the church uh, actually since it launched uh, several years ago. And today I have the pleasure of talking with our leadership team about an important topic, church goals, and really how we think about progress as a church. We've had some questions on this lately, and we've talked a lot about goals as a team, as well as vision. And so we thought it'd be helpful if we all got together uh, and talked a bit more to share with all of you. So why don't I uh, start us off, which is some quick introductions of who is here with us today. Uh, and I'm actually going to pass it over to our pastors first. So Julie, I'm going to start with you. You want to introduce yourself?
1: Hey everyone, uh, this is Julie, um, one of the pastors at Resurrection City.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm Joel. Uh, I'm also one of the pastors at uh, at Res City, along with Julie,
3: Krista. Hi, this is Krista. Um, I'm on the leadership team. Um, for my career or job, I also teach high school English.
0: And last but certainly not least,
3: Brett.
4: Hey everybody, my name is Brett. I am also on the leadership team here at Res City. Uh, yeah, just live down the. Down the way from the church, um, work for a software company. Uh, What else do you want to know? Got a few kids you've probably seen if you've ever eaten donuts downstairs in the basement.
0: Thanks, Brett. And a little bit more about me before we dive in. Uh, I live uh, close to the church, have two kids and another on the way, and uh, work uh, for a food and agriculture company here in the Twin Cities. So let's dig into the topic at hand, which is about goals, where we're going as a church, how do we market, how do we know if we're making progress um, and achieving what we're setting out to do. And I think I'm going to actually pick on Julie uh, for the first question. Uh, It's really basic. As a church, should we have goals? If yes, why? And if no, why not? yeah it's a good question miles um
1: and i'm I'm probably not gonna give the answer but I'm gonna at least give some context um, that this is a question that churches all across the country are talking about and have talked about previously but especially post pandemic have kind of returned to it so uh kind of the history in churches for better or for worse is that the scorecard of goals has Uh, as some people like to jokingly say, then budgets, butts, and buildings, which is how much money are you taking in as a church, how many butts are in seats or how many people are attending on a Sunday morning. And then if you own a building and if you own a building, how nice is it? And how many renovations have you done and all of that kind of stuff. And you know, you can see where those goals maybe started from and maybe some of the the positive heart behind it right like we want people to know about Jesus and if people are coming to church then hopefully they're hearing about Jesus and you know budgets and buildings can often represent how the people in your church are stewarding their resources so there's there's maybe some positive intent behind it but I'm guessing you can also probably see how that can go awry pretty quickly and how it can really become focused on you know how the church is doing and how it looks to the outside and really some of the goals that maybe more um like your regular business or company out in the world might be thinking about and how those can kind of creep into what the church is thinking about. And so Like I said, churches are asking this question, especially post pandemic where all those things kind of changed. You can't really measure those things as well, maybe as you once could. And I I really think that's good. I think it's good that we're questioning that and that we're, we're asking, you know, what are some, what are some goals that the church at large in our country should have and how we should think about it? And, um, I know we're going to talk a lot about that tonight, but that's just, those questions are always something that this team has thought about and talked about and really prayed about and sought wisdom on. And so I'm, I'm excited to kind of share some more of, of where we're at and how we think about that with, with everyone.
4: Yeah. And I can maybe chime in here. Um, Yeah, I think it's uh, the, yeah, as Julie said, there's a big spectrum. I know that there are churches who get really fired up around goals and even the ones that, the the three b's as as julie mentioned um yeah just like my background even just like in a crew or a campus crusade as it was once called um yeah there was like uh i'm, I'm trying to remember if we ha- actually had goals around it was a very evangelistic focused organization so you know lord knows we tracked every um every yes we got for for jesus and um i think we even tracked conversations and uh i i forget i don't think there was like corporate goals around like how many people you talk to but i know that uh, there were certainly individual people who i'm going to talk to 12 people today um and um yeah and i think there was there is some some good in that there's some um i think motivation it's there. And, and also maybe a little background, like I love goals. I'd set goals every year, uh, both kind of at work and in life. And so I, I do love, uh, goals, but yeah, I, I'm sure we'll dive into, you know, if that's, uh, the, the good and the bad and sort of the place, uh, in, in the church, which I think is a little bit different than the business world. Uh, and you know, even just looking at the Bible, uh, you know, what, what do we see there? So, uh, I don't know if that helps kind of, push us along a little bit.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, Brett, you know, you kind of and Julie, you're talking about this too, the the difference between, you know, what we what kind of goals and we might have in like a secular setting. And then the, the question of is is should we as a church um think have the same kind of mindset really about how we as an organization are going to you know move forward and what kind of things we're going to shoot for. And um, you know, even right now, we're in the sermon series through First Corinthians, and we've talked a lot about how the big idea of the of the letter is holiness, set apartness, and um, uniqueness. Really, because we are um, set apart and holy, which means we don't look like the world around us, and so we're trying to be, I think, as a as a group of people, really intentional to um, to not just sort of uh, go on. Uh What Mark Mark Sayers he has a great line of going on the secular autopilot. He calls it where we just sort of, just like everything else in our life, we think you know we can move through our lives without any thought or need of God because the modern world will supply all of our needs. We can learn on YouTube or on podcasts how to fix this problem, and if we need something, we can just order it on Amazon. And if we need happiness, we can pay a therapist to tell us how to find it. Um, we're, that's just how we think of everything. But I think really as Jesus people, we want to figure out how do we be unique and set apart. And that means even in how we think about what our goals are, I think we have a kind of baptized, um, imagination. And, um, for, for me, when I think of what that looks like, I think a lot of, um, creating a type of culture, um, and in in resisting a sort of achievement and accomplishment culture, which I think you can sort of um, create when you are focusing on those sorts of three Bs types of model for success, and actually, you know, really when we look at the Bible, um, like the ultimate goal of the Christian life, Paul talks about in Romans eight twenty eight and twenty nine. He says, "We know that in all things God works." for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And to me, that's as the ultimate goal of of, of, Christ, of Christian faith is to be conformed to the image of his son. And so I'm I'm always asking myself as a pastor, like, how are we creating a culture that is that conforms people to the image of Jesus, and really, that's I think the number one goal we ought to have is to create a certain culture where that is happening, um, and where that you know it's like that that's a lot more likely to happen. And I think I think that's really what we ought to be shooting for, sort of nurturing that culture um, in a group of people where it's self reinforcing in our in our, our, the narratives that we tell when we talk about ourselves as people and the actions that we take, whether it's sort of small actions among each other on a Sunday morning or big actions, um, like as a church, choosing to do a certain event or um, put money towards something. Um, in our teaching, the stuff we, we we teach people, and then really in our, our policies and how we sort of organize ourselves. And I think when we're intentional in those four areas – it becomes self-reinforcing. And that's, I think, what I'm really looking for when I think about this question. Everyone, that's this
0: great. Um, you know, budgets, butts, and buildings. It's very catchy. I can see why that would catch on, uh, but also see that maybe those are not the only metrics that God God had in mind and how to measure progress. Uh, Joe, you spoke about uh, culture. and i'm I'm curious to dig a little bit more into that. Um, how should we think about that what what is the is there a framework we can use? Is there a model um, what does it look like uh, to to do that and create that kind of, of culture in our church
2: yeah, it's a good question. And I actually think this is something I do think about a lot is try to figure out how we we do this, but I mean, I think the value of it. I mean, there's a very famous quote. I think it's maybe a Peter Drucker quote, and he's a business. He's like a business world guy, but he talks about how culture eats strategy for breakfast. And I think the idea there is like if you have a certain culture in your organization, then the types of things that you might uh, write down as goals will happen naturally because the people who are part of the culture are doing it kind of automatically, they don't even really thinking about it because they see it modeled around them. They believe that they're living in a certain story. It, they're taught it, and it's in it's in the policies, um, and it becomes sort of self-reinforcing. I know for me, I think of what makes a culture, and I'm, I'm taking this out of a book called A Church Called Tove by Scott McKnight and Laura Berenger, but they talk about those four things, narratives, actions, teaching, and policies. And if you're intentional with those four things, it starts to create a sort of self-reinforcing culture wow. where... You know this stuff it's not a guarantee that it'll happen and it certainly doesn't always determine outcomes but it's a process it's more process oriented I think versus results oriented and I think that's where we as a church are looking to to do things. And I can think of a example uh, I guess of a small way that I've seen this. Uh, when we first planted Red City, I um, wanted us to make sure that when people came to visit or that they were checking us out, that they were always talked to. Um, they were always welcomed. People came up to them and, and, and asked them their name and, and let them know that they, were, uh, that they noticed them, but were not weird about it either. And so I made it a point for me, I was like, I know people are watching me as one of the pastors on a Sunday morning. I'm always going to go talk to somebody. And um, I'm hoping that people see that and follow suit. And, um, I mean, we have a pretty introverted, I I mean, there's a lot of introverts at res city, but I've been really, and I'm not saying it was just me doing this at at all. Uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, but like, I have, I see this constantly where I, I now on a Sunday morning, I know if I don't go talk to somebody that's new, I, I don't even have to worry about it. I know somebody else is going to, because I see it happen so much and we constantly hear from people. That have come to Res City. Uh, this was a huge reason why I wanted to be part of this church is because, like, uh, I came one Sunday and then I came the next week, and someone remembered my name, and that was really that was huge. Uh, someone told me that once, or people said, you know, you we we checked. We just moved to the area. We checked out a bunch of churches, and this was the only church where people came up and talked to us after the service was over. And it sounds like such a small thing, but I mean, um, that's now part of, I think, the culture of the church. And I think that's really exciting because um, I never had to tell anyone on a Sunday morning, hey, you should do this. Uh, and I think this is, it's actually a lot more powerful That's part of the culture. And uh, the, the why for why we do that is because the gospel says well, we've been all welcomed by Jesus. And so now we see a culture starting to form that is christ-like it is a welcoming culture that reflects and mediates the gospel that welcomes us no matter who we are that that i think is is an example of what it can look like when something is part of the culture of the church
4: yeah and i just to chime in about um i i think that touches on something that i think about when i think about goals and culture is um Uh, We talk about it at work as like leading measures and lagging measures. And so, uh, or to put it in like Stephen Covey talk, it's like you can only control what you can control. And, uh, you know, trying to control things that you can't control, like will drive you crazy. Um, And uh, yeah, like, I think that's a good example, Joel, of like that. I'm all for like... Uh, especially on a personal level, you know, setting some, uh, leading, uh, uh, leading measure type goals, like doing the things you can like, uh, as an individual, it's like, man, I can, I can say, I want to show up to study my Bible, you know, every weekday this week, or I want to listen to a sermon every day or something like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. As I think as I think about goals and the, I know that's the main topic here tonight, um, I think lagging measures are really tough. And even if you think about some of those things like butts and um, and even like budget and buildings and and things like that. I mean, that's just really um, I th- honestly, I think that's not really in our control a lot of times. And I think. You know, when you when you see Peter in Acts preach this sermon, like, you know, sometimes he preaches the gospel and, you know, he gets, you know, they chase him out of town. Right. That's certainly the case with Paul. But sometimes he preaches that sermon about the gospel and 3000 people come to come to Jesus because because of that. Um, And I think that's just like an important distinction, I think, between what businesses are trying to do and what churches are trying to do. Like, obviously we want to do everything we can to, um, to honor God and pursue our, our vision and mission, which I'm really glad we do have as charters on where we're going. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, we do these things and we are, we're sailboats. We want to be sailboats. We want, uh, to just, uh, do what we can do, and then we hope that God shows up. And of course, that's not—that's not in our control. We pray. That's that is in our control, but then God, you know, can kind of decide what He wants to do with it. And so, um, for the goal-oriented, who, any, if anyone's listening to this thing, and you are really goal-oriented, I, th- I think, especially on a personal level, um, to set the yeah, I want to talk to every new person I see at church. I want to. Study my Bible. I want to pray uh, every day at lunch, and, I, and and even track that. I don't know. Like I, I think there's a spot for that. Um, I think where I uh, see less value, I guess, is in uh, lagging measures, and um, I think even the leading measures can be really tough um, when you look at it corporately, just because people are in very different um, phases of life, and there's just different things are very, uh, you know, that are very possible for one person be very difficult for another. So
1: yeah, I think you know, getting to that question of like how do you is there a way to create that type of culture? Like if culture is how we want to go about um seeing certain things accomplished or certain goals and and things like that. Like how do you create culture? I think is some like question. And uh I know as a team, some of the things we've talked about have really come back to our values as a church. And so um, I'm just going to read them if that's okay, just so that I'm sure lots of people don't have them off the top of their heads. Um, I couldn't probably even give you all of the details of everyone off the top of my head, but um, we have six values at Resurrection City. The first one is that it's God's story, not ours. And I think that really kind of hits on some of the things that Brett was talking about of like, at the end of the day, God is writing this story and it's a beautiful story of love and justice and reconciliation. uh, And he invites us to be a part of it. We don't, he doesn't need us. (laughs) He doesn't need us to go out there and accomplish all these goals um, for him, but he invites us to be a part of the work that he's doing in the world. And we think that's really valuable. And so one of the values that we hold to is that God is the one who um, is writing the story and not us. And so I think even when you start there, uh, the conversation around goals gets a little bit like, oh, yeah, you have to you have to sort of reframe it a little bit. Um, And then from there, the next value is Jesus at the center. So keeping Jesus's life, death and resurrection at the center of everything we do. The third one is new people, new lives. And so. The idea that we're all made new through faith in Christ and that our lives should reflect that transformation as we get to know more of who God is and as the Holy Spirit works through us. And I think this, again, is places where we can set personal goals. Like you said, Brett, like there are things we can do and say, I want to do these things. But ultimately, we know that God is the one who brings about that new life uh, in us. And then the, the next one is living in community. So we live out these transformed lives together in unity, encouraging and challenging one another. The next one is renewing culture. So we work for the good justice and peace of the culture around us, bringing it to new life. And I think here's another area where there are, I mean, all of these values there are things we we do to hopefully live them out. Uh, and you could maybe say those things are goals, but again, we're thinking about it with that first value in mind that this is God's story, not ours, first and foremost. And then the last one is um, multiplying disciples so that we are not just keeping this story within our own community, but we're actually uh, sharing the good news with other people and we are equipping people so that they can go out uh, and talk about it with more people. and. Um, kind of continue to share that message. So I I share those just because I think they're important to remember um, when we're talking about culture because our culture really kind of stems, hopefully, our our hope is that our culture stems from those different values.
0: Glad you brought up the values, Julie. And I want to uh, actually ask Krista uh, to talk a little bit more about God's story and not ours. I know that you... Uh, I've talked about prayer and praying for God's presence and discernment. So I'd love to hear how you think about God's story, and not ours, in this broader context of goal setting.
3: Yeah. So a lot of what I guess everyone was saying, so much of, I think, Christian goals that we have or church goals are up to God. We don't get to choose them. It's been talked about. Um, but I think that there's like so many examples throughout the Bible as well about how it is God's story and how he's going to accomplish what he wants regardless there's Jonah where he sends a fish to send him in the right direction that's there's a lot but I think Paul is another great example about God's story not ours and how threaded throughout his life and his ministry I just think about the way that as he was just traveling and setting up churches and spreading the gospel he delegated ministries and all these kind of quote-unquote startup Church projects to local people or those that he was training up, so he could keep going west. Um, he had to have just so much flexibility in navigating where to go by trusting God. He was even willing at one point, well, multiple points, to go to prison, even after you know he was warned by a prophetic word that he was going to end up in prison if he just kept doing what he was doing. Um, he chose to keep going anyway. And I think, like, from an efficiency and business standpoint, that's a terrible decision. <laughs> Why would you choose to go to jail and have your goal thwarted, basically? Um, but it didn't stop Paul at all. Um, and God used his time in prison to write so many letters, including the ones to the Philippians, which I think is one of the most encouraging books in the New Testament, So he's willing to be there despite the fact that it looked like his ministry failed or his goals failed. Um, And so I think for us in a modern day context to kind of follow his example and and to realize what our values are versus a specific goal, um, let's give God a little bit more room to work um, through us.
4: It's that's really good chris that makes me think it's just something i've been thinking about in my own life as i've you know had uh you know three kids in the last what six years and just having to adjust my own goals uh and they're probably not as ambitious as they were at the end of my 20s and i don't know just i don't know i can riff just personally but um you know that's i think that's been hard but one one thing that i have um just thought about is like jesus too you talked about paul and how he wasn't tied to a specific goal and how that opened like but you think about jesus like man he like this ministry is getting bigger and bigger and it's crescendoing and more and more people are following him and it's just like He's being, you know, like he's got these disciples now. He could be more productive with his time, and all the, and you kind of just think about this trajectory that he probably felt that he was on and could have continued, and yet he just he he gives up. That uh, sort of every by every worldly metric, you know, he he fails, right? Like, uh, you know, the disciples scatter and he's killed, like and how i think from like every outside metric looking in like that was man that was like really bad and yet is it was the greatest thing that ever happened for you and me and um yeah i i think um yeah that's just something to that helps me like Uh, hold my own goals loosely. Like I said, I do love goals. Um, but I just, I look at how Jesus held on to, um, these different metrics of success that we, we all look to as being what we should be about maybe. Um, but how he was willing to really just let that go because that's, that is what God had for him, even if he didn't like it. And even if it didn't look great from a, Worldly metric perspective at the time,
1: and I think it's so cool because you can see that you know it's not that that Paul didn't have personal goals, and I'm sure Jesus probably you know had certain things in mind maybe as well. You see him wrestling over his own desires and and God's desires in in the garden before his death on the cross, but for them, the bigger goal is always God's glory. And they're willing to give up their own personal goals and to look like a failure if it means that God will be glorified. And I think, um, you know, that's part of our mission statement, too. Like if our mission at Resurrection City is to glorify God by seeing people, our city and the world made new in Jesus, our Savior and King. And if we're not careful when we're making our own goals, we can Sort of forget about that first part <laughs> that it's all about glorifying God, and sometimes, like you you both said, that means we have to let go of goals that we maybe previously held, or maybe that we thought were going to be heading in that direction and realize they weren't or or things that might make us look silly to the rest of the world. but when we when we keep our eyes on that like bigger goal, I think that, yeah, that's how we can be more like Jesus and how we can
0: can follow him in that. We've talked uh, a bit about business and churches and how the goal-setting process is different. I've actually spent most of my career working for larger institutions, and we do this. We set goals. We do strategy. We have reviews along the way. And it's all to be able to say at the end of a period of time, did we achieve what we said we were going to achieve? So I'm I'm tracking with everybody here, and I'm also just going to put myself in the shoes of our results-oriented friends, Brett, as you mentioned, who might say, "But if we don't have goals as a church, if we don't have a five-year plan, how do we know where we're going, and how will we know when we get there?" Curious, how would you all respond to that?
2: Yeah, so I I actually wanted take this question and I want to turn it on its head um, because it is it is a very us centric question it's very much about we think we know where we're going and we know how to get there by planning it out by making a goal and coming up with our strategies to get there or something but really the we know where we're going and it's and we we know that because we're tapped into God's story which is to transform the world into into His kingdom through His Son Jesus, and through the the gospel and the Spirit, sort of flooding flooding the earth. That that's the ultimate goal. Um, but it's very clear in the story that that's something God does. Um, we don't do anything to bring that. We live in that story and we partner with God, but we don't get to choose what it looks like or when that's going to happen. And it's like Brett was talking about earlier, the wind wind in our sails. And and Krista was talking about how like, this is God's story that we're living in. And I think a a better goal for us to live into this is to be ready to go when God does call us to do something. And to, in the meantime, be every day more and more becoming more and more Christ-like because Jesus is also someone who was ready to go when God called him. Now, the part about that story that I think makes us uncomfortable is that God called him to go to the cross. And so I think, and, and I, to know we're headed in the right direction um, and to know we're, we're at least moving closer to that target is to know, hey, when God calls us, maybe even to go to our own sort of cru- cruciform settings, and we're ready to do it, I think we're, we know we're heading in the right direction. Because a lot of times when we talk about, you know, uh having goals for a church and knowing we're getting there, I mean, we usually set it up in a very uh, us cent- uh, centric and success driven model where like, we're triumphant and we're, we're incredible. Look at how great we are. and And I really just think following Jesus doesn't look like that a lot of times and i think when we are producing people who kind of are you know grappling with the fact that the world actually is full of a lot of suffering and we do fail quite a bit and um, things are hard i mean I, I mean look around us we're living in a world where it's incredibly difficult for the gospel to spread and the kingdom to grow and and yet we can still follow Jesus in a very quote unquote successful way, I think in that kind of setting when we're not experiencing triumph and, and success. And I actually think in a sort of paradoxical way, that's when we know we're headed in the right direction. And so anyway, I think that's that's a better way to ask that question. And again, none of this says we can't like sort of make plans and be be wise and be strategic even at times and and maybe even try to, you know, try to hit some benchmarks of some kind to throw some stuff out there. Um, but I really, I really think we have to do all that within this larger um, framing of what is the story we're actually living in? Like what is the actual goal that God is bringing about? And how are we making
0: sure we're living within that
2: no matter what it looks like?
0: I will say one of the things that um, I really appreciated about the, us as a church is that um, we take the time to pray um, and ask God where he wants to where he's leading us and where he wants us to go um and sometimes we hear very clearly and sometimes we don't but i think it's the practice and the rhythm of doing that helps us to uh you to build the muscles that give us wisdom and that give us discernment as a church Um, and that's something that i i really appreciate about resurrection city as a whole
4: Yeah. And and I would just add to, um, I don't know if it's a, it's a pushback. I know we're sort of uh, saying maybe more traditional goals don't uh, maybe fit uh, always in the church. Um, But I don't think that is to say that there aren't um, things that you can look at to gauge how a church is doing and how you're doing. Like, yeah galatians 5 but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self control and so i do think yeah, you know jesus does say like you can tell a tree by its fruit um these are called you know the the fruit of the spirit and so i do think there is a place in the bible for um you know just checking out like it should be clear if the spirit is here Uh, and if not like then it then that it does give you some feedback to go and check out like what you know what's going on what what are we doing here um is there anything that's missing um and so we i think we want to see those fruit in the lives of us collectively arrested in our lives individually and if they're not there then it's like it's time to go back and say what's what's going on in our hearts that um, where why we're not seeing this fruit, um, but I do think that is a long way from the 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 three Bs where we did started this discussion. Right, I think it was the John Mark Comer interview I listened to recently, where he talked about a bamboo shoot or something like that. It, I think it was a, it was bamboo, and it just like it just sat there um you know there's some it it was in the jungle and it and this is how bamboo works It, it gets water a little bit and like a year goes by and like you know it grows an inch and then it gets more water and it grows like another inch and it's just like year goes years and years go by and you're like well you know if you're if you're taking metrics on that thing that is a failing bamboo shoot but then you know all of a sudden one year you know it gets the same amount of rain it does the same thing it just sits there in the jungle and it shoots up to like 50 feet tall. And I'm, I'm butchering the numbers here, but um, yeah, I've been in part of churches in the past that have been like that, that stayed, uh, you know, numerically and building wise and budget wise in about the same place for, you know, over a decade. Uh, And then, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's just the cultural winds that are blowing, whether this is God's spirit, just deciding God, just deciding to come down and all of a sudden that 200 person church you know becomes a 1500 person church you know within 4 years like that happens too and um you know were, were they were they failing you know all those years beforehand uh or were they were they right kind of where they needed to be um and yeah that's why yeah i think the three B's, I get it. It's just so tangible. We want to do that. But I think the things that we can see and we should look for are a little bit harder to measure. I think the fruit of the spirit is are those things.
2: Yeah. And can I just, just say one more thing, you know, building off of what you just said, Brett, is I think a lot of times when we talk about goal setting and, you know, you know, like if we we say we want to grow by X number of people in a year or something like that. Like we're usually, you know, we're talking about it in a very extraordinary way. We think every type of goal has to be very extraordinary, but I actually think we want to reinforce ordinariness in people. I think we want to say actually the, the, what we're looking for in, in, in the culture we want to create is a culture where like we dignify the ordinary stuff of like wa- just watering, You know, like watering seems like a, not a very exciting goal to set, but like setting the goal of watering the bamboo every day and then, you know, waiting for that to produce something. And we might not even be able to tell over time that that thing has slowly grown and never shot up or maybe it does, I guess, in the bamboo analogy, but like ordinariness is actually really good. And I think that is the type of, you know, spirituality of ordinariness is uh, Paul Gooder um, talks about that. I actually think that is a, a better thing to be shooting for than some of the things that seem really extraordinary um, and exciting, but might not actually, you know, getting us be getting us to the place we want to go. I think a very ordinary spirituality that is sort of step by step is is sort of the the view we want to have on things.
3: I love the idea of like what fruit is something producing too. And I just makes me think too, of just what people were expecting out of a Messiah. They expected, I think a a ruler who could make these mandates and decrees and dominate that way. And when Jesus came, it was just like such a surprise because he did life in such an ordinary way. Kind of like what Joel was saying. He, he chose 12 guys who were super ordinary and he hung out with them for a couple of years. And, Um, just, it was a transformation of their hearts and their minds, um, that made a lasting impact, which I think is, is just amazing. I just see it too, in our community group, like when we meet on Wednesday nights, you know, having those conversations with other members of Res City, I feel like that's where and listening at church on Sundays, that's where transformation really happens at like a really small level that makes a difference, like. When our community group speaks into my marriage like that transforms how my husband that and i how we pray together how we do ministry how we even parent and love on each other um, and that's where i see a lot of fruit coming out is just through this this culture that we're creating at church
0: i love the example. Um really grounding to the the fruits of the spirit as a whole and selfishly i wish there was like a fruits of the spirit score that just i just got every week um but fortunately god did not create it that way and it probably all for the better for us um i've got one more one more question we talked about moving when god calls us as a potential measure of success that we can be looking toward. Can we structure our church in a way that allows us to move when God calls us? That if we, we hear very clearly from God that we can do, like, how do we, how do we think about that as a whole, uh, structuring our church in a way that God calls us to go, we're able to move.
4: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, and just thinking about Sort of the new the New Testament here, and uh, just you know, what, what's a scriptural take on this question? And I wonder if it's as simple as just being open-handed with uh, our direction. I think you think of the things that we can control, which are you know, I think the budget. Um, what else do we steward Like the the sermon series. Um, I think any programming or just things that we, we do. Um, Yeah. I I mean, as we've said, I think we have to have a direction. I think we need to, I think it's right to be moving uh, in, in a certain direction based on the convictions that, you know, we have as a church based on our values. Uh, But I just wonder if it's as simple as being, in a place and move you know, slow moving slow, slow enough and having enough slow moments, uh, I think individually and collectively to sense when God is asking us to change one of those things, change uh, a sermon series, change a program. And, uh, yeah. And just, yeah, I guess the slowness and then the willingness probably to, to go through with it and say so like, you know what? I, I know that we had our, this budget allocated for this, you know, what do we need? I don't know if we need to vote in it, you know, legally as a congregation or what, but like being willing to go through that exercise. And I think just moving through life individually and corporately with sort of an open hand around some of these goals. We, we know uh, we've got the Bible, we've got the gospel and these are like fixed, but I think there's a lot uh beyond that that are just really not and i think um uh, just moving slow enough to to sense when god's asking us to change and then i think just being willing to do it
2: yeah and i think just um slowing down and being aware of the people in our midst and the the place that we're rooted in um and just knowing what are the needs there like listening and hearing where people are at and um being being people first and um uh city city first, I think, neighborhood first, and really just saying, well, how can we be responding as God calls us to to what's going on around us?
1: Yeah, I mean I'll I'll speak a little bit. Um, I want to brag on some of the teams and and leaders at, at Red City a little bit and how they've been doing this and how I've been really encouraged by it. So for those of you who maybe aren't familiar with kind of how we have our leadership, set up at resurrection city um we have this leadership team which really focuses on questions around vision values uh shepherding right like how do we make sure that we're staying theologically aligned with what we believe how do we make sure we're we're staying you know on on course with our vision our values and all those kind of things and then we also have a a governance team that really asks those questions around like our budget and um, legal questions and financial questions. And I have been so encouraged just by people's willingness to be open and listen to the spirit in setting things like our budget and how we're going to spend um, the money that we do have coming in that people are entrusting to us. and especially over, you know, we've only been a church for, what, four and a half years. And those beginning years, we had no idea what to expect. We didn't know how much money was going to come in or how we were going to, you know, we just didn't know a lot. And then, very, you know, a year in, COVID happened. And it's really led to a lot of uncertainty in a time where, you know, you'd like to just be able to say, well, we know exactly how our rent is going to look. And we know exactly how we're going to plan all these different things. And I've just been encouraged by how the team has really said, like, how can we set ourselves up well so that when we do see a need or when God um, calls us to something that we can respond. And I've seen that in the ways that they have been willing to use our resources to help people in the community and to um, help people within the church and send people like our first missionary, Andrea, and support other missionaries, um, but also just in how we're thinking about how we're saving money. And we're not necessarily saving it for one specific thing, like a building. We're not saying we're only setting aside money that can be used to buy a building, but we're saying, okay, for some big future expense that God might call us to, whatever that might be, we want to be ready so how can we set aside money for that um, as we go and as we like continue to grow as a church and move forward? So I think they're like a great example of how we can do this. And I think it's like a very practical example of what that looks like. Um, but I've also seen it in our community groups and in thinking about, you know, when we might need to start another community group so that more people can experience this type of life transformation community that Krista was sharing has been her experience. And um, in order to do that, we have to be willing to set aside our preferences and to start new things and and be apart from maybe the people we've gotten really familiar with and really comfortable with. And I've seen people be willing to take that step um, and even to prepare their groups for taking that step years before it might happen and just reminding people like, hey, the reason we do this is because we want to grow in Christlikeness. And if we need to create more space for people to do that, then we want to always be open to bringing in new people into our group or inviting people or starting something new as a way to do that. And then another, my last example that I'll give, and this is not the last example that is happening, but just the last one that comes to mind right now is in our kids' ministry. Um, just being willing and being open handed to say, okay, as kids get older and we see different needs, we're willing to add volunteers to add classrooms and to make changes to fine tune, um, you know, what's working, what's not working, how can we listen to what God might be calling us to do as we try to disciple these young people. Um, and I again, want to brag on Abby because I think, um, if you don't know her, she's our kids ministry coordinator. Uh, and she has done such a good job of just, of planning ahead and looking ahead to what changes might be coming in our church, but also to, you know, readjusting if something, if we're hearing from people, if we're, um, seeing certain needs come up with the kids to, to change the curriculum to adjust how we're approaching things, to adjust classroom sizes, to adjust where volunteers might be, um, just to be listening to to what God might be calling us to as we go and not holding so tightly to a plan that we might want to lay out. And And honestly, I get it. It's like what we all want, right? We want to know, when can I expect there to be a youth group? When can I expect there to be another community group being planted? When can I expect us to buy a building or whatever it is? And it's uncomfortable to to like be open with that. And especially it's uncomfortable if you're those, those volunteers or those staff who are leading those things and to not know those answers. But I really think I've seen, you know, I've seen that's where God almost works the most is when we're open with that, as you guys have been saying. Um, And so I just want to share those examples of as practical things that I've seen, like moments where God said, okay, I need you to move now. And people have been ready and willing to take those steps. And so I hope that we can continue to kind of apply that in all of our, all of our different areas as a church.
0: Well, those are great examples. And I think that is a a good way for us to wrap up this conversation, even though I could continue uh, that there's so much to dig in here. like think that one of the big things that I hope people take away is that um, God's story, not ours. And so doesn't mean ghosts are a bad thing. We know that they can be really helpful. Uh, but we also know that we just want to treat them with care and wisdom and discernment and always staying open to where God is calling Resurrection City Church. And so we thank you so much for listening. Uh, and we'll catch you next time.